would be a great one. We thank God for his word. And we thank God for being the word. Amen. We magnify you. Father, in Jesus' name I pray that this word would manifest in the hearts of your people and that you will give them favor in understanding of your word. Thank you for being who you are and will always be who you are because you said in your word that you will change not. And we thank you for not changing. You're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Today's text is, and there are three. We come in from 1 John, the 5th chapter, starting at the 7th and the 9th verse. I'm sorry, starting at the 7th to through the 9th verse. And we're here to talk about the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And not only talk about the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, we're going to talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there are three. 1 John, 5th chapter, 7 through 9. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three are, these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he had testified of his son. Exodus, the sixth chapter, three through the fifth verse. And it reads, And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known unto them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Bless the Lord for the reading of his word and because it is anointed and it will do exactly what it says it would do. And I pray that revelation knowledge will manifest and flow freely in this message and that your people may understand that there are three, but yet they are one. And there are three, but yet the three agree in one. Amen. I want to read also in the Amplified, and what I want to do is start from verse 1 of First John. And verse 1 reads, Everyone who believes 
with a deep abiding trust in the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, is born of God that is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the child born of him. By this we know without any doubt that we love the children of God, expressing that love when we love God and obey his commandments. For the true love of God is this, that we habitually keep his commandments and remain focused on his precepts. And his commandments and his precepts are not difficult to obey. Should I read that again? We habitually keep his commandments and remain focused on his precepts. And his commandments and his precepts are not difficult to obey. That was the third verse, the letter part of the third verse. For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistence, faith in Jesus, the Son of God, who is the one who is victorious and for overcomes the world. If it is, it is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. That is he who came through water and blood, his baptism and death. Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. It is the Holy Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. He is the essence of origin of truth itself. For there are three witnesses, the Spirit and the water and the blood, the seventh verse in the Amplified. And these three are in agreement. Their testimony is perfectly consistent. We accept as we do the testimony of men that is, if we are willing to take the sworn statements of fallible humans as evidence, the testimony of God is greater, far more authoritative, for this is the testimony of God that he has testified regarding his son. The one who believes in the son of God, who adheres to trust in and relies confidently on him as savior, has the testimony within himself because he can speak authoritatively about Christ from his own personal experience. The one who does not believe God in this way has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed in the evidence that God has given regarding his son. And the testimony is this. God has given us eternal life. We already possessed it, possess it, and this life is in his son, resulting in our spiritual completeness and eternal companionship with him. He who has the son by accepting him as Lord and Savior, as a life that is eternal, he who does not have the son of God, 
by personal faith does not have the life. This is written that ye may know these things have I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ and is and does, so that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us, in and whatsoever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request which we have asked from him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin that does not lead to death, he will pray and ask on the believer believers we have and God will for him give life to those who sin is, is not leading to death. We thank God for the three and there are three and I want to read Exodus in the Amplified I'm just trying to tie the Father, Son, which is the Word, and the Holy Ghost with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there are some things that can give you an understanding on why God chose Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Exodus, the sixth chapter, starting at the third verse down to the fifth verse and this is a promise that God made to Abraham Isaac and Jacob and it reads I appeared to Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob Israel as God Almighty El Shaddai but by my name Lord I did not make myself known to them in acts and great miracles. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they live as strangers, temporary residents, foreigners. And, they, and I have also heard the groaning of the sons of Israel, whom the Egyptians have enslaved, and I have faithfully remembered my covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will free you from their bondage. I will redeem and rescue you with an outstretched, vigorous, powerful arm, and with great acts of judgment against Egypt, then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God. 
and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who redeemed you and brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. And I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. You have the promise of my changeless omnipotence and faithfulness. Moses told this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their impatience and despondency. And because of their forced labor, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, Look, my own people, the Israelites, have not listened to me. So how then will Pharaoh listen to me? For I am unskilled in, in, in speech. And we all know that story about Moses freeing the children of Israel. Now, when you say the children of Israel, you're talking about the children of Jacob. Because Jacob was name changed to Israel. And then Jacob begat the 12 tribes of Israel. And we're going to explain that further down into the message. But we thank God for there are three. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Father, Son, or Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Father... In 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, starting at the 5th verse, for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one and the anointed by whom are all things are we by him. How be it there is not in every man that knowledge for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled. Now, last week I talked about Jesus is the Lord of Lord, the God of God, the King of Kings. And this week, and there are three. And then 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, from 5 through 7, stipulates who Jesus is. And for those that be that are called gods, listen. Rather in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many. But to us there is but one God. And the reason why I had to read that again, the fifth verse and the first part of the sixth verse, but to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things. And we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things and we by him. The reason I read five and six 
because for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods, many, and lords, many. And Jesus is the Lord of lords, the God of gods, the King of kings. And when you're worshiping idols or images or other gods, God is still blessing you because he's merciful. And you do not understand why you're being blessed because you're thinking you're being blessed by other gods or images that you worship. But in real time, in reality of this world, God is the one that's doing the blessing. But the devil have you deceived thinking that there are other gods that are blessing you or protecting you. In essence, it's the true God, which is the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father. One God. And that is the Father. And see, the Bible says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Now, you can be blessed. You can be highly favored. And on your way to a burning hell, because you are worshiping idols and believing other gods and images. So, what am I saying? There's no excuse because the word is here to guide you. And not only that it's here to guide you, it's also here to protect you, protect your mind, your body, and your spirit. John, the first chapter, 12 through 16. But as many as received him, we're talking about the son now. We talked about the father, now we're talking about the son. But as many as received him, to them gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and glory as of the only begotten of the Father, for full of grace, and truth, John bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. Now, this is the mystery that people that don't do not understand. Listen to what John said. John said, John bear witness of him and cried, saying, listen, listen very closely. This was he of whom I spake. Right? Past tense. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. He's coming after me 
but he's preferred before me. In other words, I'm the forerunner of someone that came before me and is coming after me. Because I'm the forerunner. I'm the one that laid the foundation, but I'm not the one that has the foundation. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. John bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake, who I talked about. This is he. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. Let that sink into your spirit. Let it sink in. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. See, Jesus was chosen to be the sacrifice for our sins. And John was not chosen to be the sacrifice, but he was chosen to spread the word that he was coming. But yet he was already here before me. But I still spake of him because he was preferred before me. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. The same person that I spoke to you about was preferred before me. But he came after me. So John was laying the foundation of the Messiah. He was already here before John. And he came after John. And that is the Son, the Word, that was wrapped up in flesh and dwelt among men. Amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, which represents many nations and tongues. If you go to the book of Acts, the second chapter, one through the eighth verse, and Abraham was the father of many nations. Isaac was the metaphor but I'm going away before my time, but I need to elaborate on the Holy Ghost for now. Acts the second chapter, one through eight. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews and devout men. Listen very closely. We talk about many nations and tongues. And there were dwelling in, at Jerusalem 
Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, they heard them all over the community. The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language, in their languages. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, look, listen, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how here we, every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? They're speaking in our tongues. And we're understanding what they're saying because they're speaking in our language. But we know that they are Galileans and they did not have or knew our languages. But the Holy Ghost fell upon them and they began to speak in other tongues. That's why you have some people that has the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. When you can minister to someone in their language and you don't know their language, but the Holy Spirit knows it, and it speaks through you to minister to people that have other languages that is not part of your native language. Divert kinds of tongues. So, in essence, when the Holy Ghost failed, it failed and gave them divert kinds of tongues. They started off with the cloven tongues, and then they began to speak in other tongues. Cloven tongues was like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now listen, it fell upon each of them, and once it fell upon each of them, then they were filled with the Holy Ghost. First came the clovens as of fire, and it set upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. And the Spirit, as the Spirit gave them utterance, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation. Here's the witness. This is the witness right here. Out of every nation under heaven. Multiple languages was there to witness the Galileans speaking in other tongues in their native languages. And that is the Holy Ghost. Now, Abraham was the father of many nations. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, 99 years old. The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, look, listen, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations, neither shall thy name and any more be called Abram, but the name, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, 
and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger in the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. Now we are a part of this generation and wherever our feet tread we are strangers because we are new to the community. So that makes us a stranger. You move to a different state God is there to bless you but when you move to that state and you don't know anybody then you are a stranger but God is what? Carrying his covenant with you wherever you go. God has his covenant with you. And God is going to bless you. Why? Because you're part of the Abraham's seed. Because he made him the father of many nations. In other words, he cannot count how many nations is under Abraham. You, you, can't, you can't count the generations because there are multiple thousands of generations that are set under Abraham because he was made to become the father of many nations. Thank God for his word. Father of many nations. We are the seed of Abraham. And there are three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. Acts in the Amplified second chapter. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind. And it fell, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed among them. And they rested on each one of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled that is diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit. In other words, it just went through their whole body, the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues, different languages. As the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. Now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout and God-fearing men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound was heard, a crowd gathered, and they were bewildered because each one of us, each one was hearing those in the upper room speaking in his own language or dialect. 
they were completely astonished, saying, Look, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears in our own language our native dialect? Among us there are Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, and people of Mesopotamia, Judah, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asian, Asia Minor. So they're speaking all of these native languages after they got filled with the Holy Ghost. And that, in essence, is what Jacob represented with the 12 tribes of Israel. Just different aspects of the 12 tribes. And God told Peter to eat. And Peter said, not so, Lord. And the Lord responded, or the angel responded and said, that, would, uh, that which I had cleansed is good. And he wasn't talking about the food. He was talking about the different nationalities. There's no more Jew or Gentile. We're all God's people. In essence, this is what the revelation was giving to Peter. And Peter didn't understand it until he got to the stranger's house or the Gentile's house because he was sent to come speak to a different set of people which were technically called Gentiles at the time before the vision. Then after the vision, there was no longer Jew nor Gentiles. Amen. So, in essence, we all are God's people. Amen. Thank God for his word. Abraham, Father of many nations. The Holy Spirit rested upon them. Some would see dreams. Some would dream dreams. Some would just be blessed. Now, Isaac represents the son. And it was a metaphor of Jesus. And I will explain that to you. And it came to pass, Genesis 22, 1 through 8, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, look, listen, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claimed the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him then on the third day, on the third day, and there are three. 
And then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto him, Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here, abide ye here with the ass, and I would and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now listen, Abraham already spoke that his son was coming back with him. He said, stay here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Abraham speaking faith. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father. And said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? This is the key verse, the eighth verse. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they, listen what Abraham said. Isaac asked him a question. So where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Abraham was thinking here and now because he was thinking here and now, but in prophecy, it was Jesus Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing that became the sacrifice. Listen to what Abraham said. Now he was thinking here and now, but he said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering, right? At that particular time. But if you really listen to what, what Abraham was saying, they went both of them together, right? Abraham was thinking here and now, but in prophecy, it was Jesus Christ. Now he spoke, but Abraham was speaking that it was going to be a burnt offering, which is the, the uh, ram in the thicket. But in prophecy, it was Jesus Christ, the anointed one, that was the sacrifice, the one that died for our sins. So it's a metaphor that God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only begotten son. He tempted Abraham, tempted Abraham to sacrifice his only begotten son. And then Abraham, who was full of faith, told his men to stay back with the ass. And me and the lad, the lad, would go and return and come again to you. So Abraham visioned his son being with him after the sacrifice. 
That's why he was called the father of faith. Because he knew that God was going to supply another sacrifice rather than his son. So in essence, this was a metaphor of Jesus. To become the sacrifice for our sins. A burnt offering. Thank God for revelation knowledge and wisdom and understanding of his word. Now Jacob, we're talking about Jacob now. Talked about the father, son. Abraham, Isaac, now we're talking about Jacob. We talked about the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jacob stole Esau's birthright by Rebekah's influence, his mom. See, people don't discuss that. They always say Jacob stole the birthright and he was a subplanter. Yes, that's what people are saying. And also the Bible says he was a subplanter. And at the same time, his mom, Rebecca, influenced him to deceive her husband in order for Jacob to get a blessing. And the blessing is supposed to go to the eldest. Jacob came out of the womb first. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Esau came out of the womb first and Jacob behind him. So that makes Esau the eldest. And Rebekah, for some reason, saw favor in Jacob that Jacob should receive the blessing. Genesis 27, 1 through 3, Genesis 27, 5 through 7. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, my son, and he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy cleaver, and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison. Go find me a deer that I may eat. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now, this was Rebecca's doing, Rebecca's doing. Rebecca, the mother, influenced Jacob to steal the birthright that Jacob may be blessed. But if you look at it, Esau was her son, also, he was the eldest because they were, what, twins, but he came out first. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son, Genesis 27, 10 and 12, and thou shalt bring it to thy father, 
that he may eat and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, preadventure, will fill me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. And of course, we all know the story how Rebecca <clears throat> made Jacob feel like a hairy man, like his brother Esau. Genesis 49, 33, Jacob stole the birthright by weight of his mom, Rebecca, influenced him to do so for some reason. She favored Jacob more so than she did Esau. Now, Jacob got blessed, but Esau was furious. Esau wanted to kill Jacob. And Jacob had to flee because Esau had a bounty on his head. Now, if you go to Genesis 49, 28 through 33, all these are the 12 tribes of Israel. This is Jacob because he was blessed. He got the blessing from Isaac. And these are the 12 tribes of Jacob, which is Israel. And this is it that their father spake unto them and blessed them. Everyone according to his blessing, he blessed them the same way Isaac blessed Jacob because he thought it was Esau. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephraim, the Hittite. In the cave that is in the field of Machaphelah, which is before Memra, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephraim, the Hittite, he bought from them for a possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. The purchase of the field and of the cave that is therein was from the children of Heth. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. Jacob gathered his feet into the bed because he was sitting down with his feet on the floor. So he gathered his feet into the bed. And when he gathered his feet into the bed, he yielded up the ghost. In other words, he died or he passed away and was gathered unto his people. Now, here are the 12 tribes of Israel that people don't know who the mothers were that was part of the 12 tribes. Jacob went in unto Leah and began Reuben, Simon, and Levi, and Judah. Then Jacob 
This is the first, second, and third, fourth of the tribe. And then Jacob went in onto Bila, Rachel's servant, which begat Dan and Naphtali, the fifth and the sixth tribe of Israel. And then Jacob went in onto Zephah, Leah's servant, and begat Gad, the seventh, and Esher, the eighth tribe of Israel, with the tribe of Jacob. And then Jacob went in onto into Leah once again, and begat Eshkar, the ninth, and Zebulun, the tenth tribe of Jacob or Israel. Then finally, Jacob went in on to Rachel and begot Joseph and Benjamin. And out of all of those from the 12 tribes, Joseph was the most chosen one. And the 11 of the 12 tried to get rid of Joseph because Joseph received the coat of many colors. And not only did he receive the coat of many colors, he was pretty much labeled as the favorite out of the 12. So Joseph was thrown in a ditch and Isaac, no, I'm sorry, and Jacob was sad because Joseph was missing. And the 11 of the tribe of Israel went against Joseph. But Joseph had gifts and his gifts that God has given him gave him an open door to be blessed more so than the 11. Now, listen at this. Jesus had 12 disciples, right? And one that Jesus said that would betray him. Now, if you flip that, the 11 of the tribe of Israel betrayed Joseph, Joseph. And then the 11 of the disciples were with Christ and Judas was the one that betrayed him. So you have 11 that's with Christ, right? And then you have Judas that betrayed Christ. Now you have the 11 that was part of the tribe of Israel was against Jacob because they favored he favored Joseph. So Joseph is the opposite of Judas. And the 11 tribes of Israel was the opposite of the 11 disciples that hung in there with Jesus. That's why, and there was three. You got the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob represents a many, 12 nations that were birthed through his loins by two of his wives' servants, and Leah and Rachel. This I begot 12 tribes of Israel. And God is good.
But now, in real time, you can't do that. If you do, then it's considered an occult that you uh, have a bunch of women with you. You have two wives, and then your wives have servants, and you're going in onto them. That's not how that works now in real time in these days. But in those days, that's how the 12 tribes of Israel became in existence through Jacob's loins with four women. But we have that there are three. In the spirit, there are one that agree, they all agree as one, in one. So it's, it's, it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are one. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was blessed through Abraham's having a covenant with God himself. And he told him that he was going to bless him. And not only that he was going to bless him, he was going to bless his seed as well. And then his seed is all the generations. So remember, there's no Jew nor Gentile anymore. We are one flesh. We are one with God. Many members, but one body. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being who you are and giving us the ability to know within our hearts that you are God and that you are the blessing of Abraham. And, when, and I'm asking that you continue to bless us because we are a part of Abraham's seed and you made a covenant with him and we thank you for keeping that covenant. Although we are strangers in some lands, but you still blessed us because of who you are. And we magnify you and we give your name the praise and we thank you for being a God of gods, Lord of lords, King of kings, the anointed one, the Messiah, and the anointed. And your anointing. We thank you because the anointing destroys the yoke. And we bless you. And we give your name the praise. And we give you all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Father God, we bless you.